This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. incredible music right there of Ben Adelini, Dustin Griffin, Lucas Winkler, all put that together. That's our rendition of On the Dock, my favorite song in the world, in the secular world. Otis Redding wrote that song. He uh, he got one verse done, a little bit of a bridge done, and then he started whistling. And, he, and they got done and they said, why are you whistling? He said, because I haven't written the second verse. He didn't have a second verse. He flew off to Michigan with his band. They died in an airplane crash coming home. And they published this version in studio that he left with the whistle. And so it's my favorite song. It's always been my favorite song. I'm a, I'm a Southern boy. I love the doc. We got the cottonwood tree here going on. That's how we got it going. And I, what I love about the song is it, it's, it, uh, you're kind of wasting time on the doc. It's kind of silly, but I know the second song was going to bring us home. And I was waiting on that second verse to bring it home. And I just don't know what it is. So I decided it'd be my song. And when I get before the Lord, my first question is going to be, Bring on Otis. I want to hear verse two. <laughs> okay. The Bible says, give you the desires of your heart. I want to know what verse two is going to be like. Was there going to be a verse three? So me and Otis, we're going to, we're, we're going to bring forth Otis and uh, we're going to have a good time in the kingdom of heaven. I'm hoping Otis is there. So, but uh, it was a great song. So thank you for you guys recording that. That's great. On the dock here, on the dock.org. I'm Pastor Troy and uh, we're here with us and we're excited. We broadcast every Tuesday and Thursday. We've got these podcasts running out. Check them out. We're all about conversations to propel your faith out of the shallow and into the deep. And we are on eight different platforms. Don't you wish you had eight platforms? Eight platforms, <laughs> YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble and Sermonette five different social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Gatter. It takes me an hour just to post stuff everywhere, or you can use that one program and do it really quick. I don't do that. Donna does. She's smarter than I am. You're a purist. Check, check them all out. Go to YouTube, yeah. though. One, we want you right there. Subscribe, hit like, notify, be our partner. We're hoping to start using Getter Beyond Social to live. They're doing live now, but they're not available to morons or low, low peons like us. So eventually, they'll get to the, our level of status. You know, when you have only 100 listeners, you, they're not ready for you yet you have to be like joe rogan if you, joe rogan he's on there and he looks great it looks so much better than youtube their their, their live stream is great it's going to be mm. good yeah so i'm going to get there eventually so join us on patreon you can become a partner or a sponsor if you don't know how to do any of this stuff go to onduck.org we have an embedded viewer we also have links there to all of our platforms you can get to my patreon that way and you can always email us throw up a white flag and say info at onduck.org and ask donna please help us figure this out and we will help you so we're excited. We're in studio. Got Mother Beth on the couch. She's off mic, but able to influence us with a simple throw of any coffee mug. Mm. And we got Ben Adelini, my co-host in the studio here, right to my right here. He's my co-host for this whole project. Ben, how you doing? 
Yeehaw. Yeehaw. And we got Lucas here, our techno wizard. He is our executive director. He is running the whole show over there. He looks like he's text messaging somebody right now. So, <laughs> so I have to be careful right now. You never know. Uh, Lucas is like a machine. He's got multitasking going on. But we're here in studio. We're doing the Worship Leaders of Southern Illinois series. It's an on the dock season two super series. We can't afford. We got sound effects now, I found out. Oh, yeah. Super. But it made me happy. I like that. You guys hear? You guys hear? Albert Pujols is a cardinal again. I did not hear that. Yeah, baby, it's a, it's going, it's going, it's gone. He's twenty home runs for being the uh, coming into the fourth all time past Alex Rodriguez. So watch the countdown as he hits the home runs this year. I think he has to hit that. He'll be the fourth greatest of all time. I love the other three are all dead. You know, dead. So he can't. So all right. So it's great, and we're in uh, part seventeen. This is part two, actually of having our friend Dustin Keel here from Cornerstone Church. He is our worship leader on the spot from Southern Illinois right now. We're glad to have you, Dustin. Thanks for being back here for another round. You didn't run. I didn't run, no. Thank I had you. a chance. Yeah, <laughs> the shirt on, you're, you're like a referee, so you can't really run if you're the referee. You gotta stay. You can throw technical fouls and stuff like that. And so we're glad to have you back here. And Chesney, you stayed. I did. I, I, but you can't really go anywhere. You're from Marion. You don't even know where else. You don't know where else to go. She don't know where to go. He, she don't know where to go. He at least can get back to West Frankfurt, you know, yeah. and you can hide in West Frankfurt. I trust you yeah. this. They got some holes. You know, they got coal mines, all strip mines. Literal holes. Little holes. They, yeah, literal. yeah, you just got to find a hole that doesn't have people in it already. You know? That's right. We're in here. You got to go out. You know, you know but, but you're in Marion. Everybody knows everybody's stuff in Marion. Yes. Do you say That's Ewan's? Do you say Ewan's? I, my mom does. Do you hear yeah. her say Ewan's? Ewan's? Oh, she, no, she doesn't. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we we say it kind of joking around. What are you instead? You, well, you, yeah. you, I had when I first moved here from Sorry. Memphis, my, my secretary at the Benetton Insurance Agency that took over, she would say, Ewan's, Ewan's, and it just, oh my, all day long, it was just like, oh, bleh, bleh. Yeah. Like Patrice. Me, yeah. Ewan's. But I, but then I would say, I'm fixing to leave. I'm fixing to leave because I'm from the South. So, mm. so, oh. so we have our own language. Everybody has their own language. Everybody stuff, has their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ches Chesney, welcome back. You're married. You're married yeah. to, a, to, to, a, to a man. Tell us about this man. Yeah, Andrew. Um, Andrew. He's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. And Andrew is not this guy. He has three first names. He does. Yeah. So he's technically Stephen Andrew Allen. He's that got three first names. Impressive. He, yeah, he goes by Andrew because his dad record. is Steve. That's good. You know? He's got... The man with three first names. Yeah, fun fact, uh, none of our high school yearbooks got his name totally correct. Like, one is Stephen Andrews, one is, you know, maybe, Andrew Stephen, whatever. He maybe, he works for some three, right? maybe he works for some three-letter agency. Maybe we don't know who he is. You don't know. know. You don't know. Man of mystery here. You mean the, and, the NBC? And, and, and I know that people will often think because this is your worship assistant, this is your like your stage wife, your TV wife, but this is not your wife. We're not married. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. You're, you're, you're colleagues, <laughs> but you have a real wife. And, and I have, look here, I was out in the neighborhood and I looked over your back fence and I got this picture of his family. That's his family. Aww. They're sitting in the backyard. They're having a picnic. Uh huh. They're having a picnic. Look at them. They're just sitting out there. So watching cute. the dogs. They're watching just... the dogs. They got a blanket. Yep. Why don't y'all have anything to eat? I mean, we're a bit, we're bit of tones. Are we no, might've. That's why your family's mm. also skinny. Our family's know. all large because we would have food. Yeah. You know, we just sit there by those weeds and hope that, you know, we, it's sort of like, 
whales filter the plankton. That's kind of how we do it. Yeah. We just sit there and it's a healthy diet. Yeah, bits of herbs kind of fly like, in our mouth. It's enough to get us by. Occasionally, it, a raccoon it, it, will jump. Yeah, go, go back. <laughs> Look, we're not going to go into it because it's too important. Go back and watch the first show with him. It would be the previous episode. Uh, Dustin is famous for being an American oh, Idol nice. contestant. Yeah. Go, go check that out. Really great story. And I, there's even video clips of you online. I, I found those. I didn't insult you with any of it, but just pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. And, it was, and what's that? It, was, it wouldn't have been an insult. It would might have embarrassed him. A little. No, but it'd be 2015. You know, but when I go back, <laughs> no, I'm like, sorry. When I go back and look at my preaching for 2015, I go, oh my god. Mm. You know, you get an old message out. You like, I look at terrible. You know, look at that face. You know, so I, I'm real critical of myself on that. So I, I, I hate old stuff. I feel that. Yeah. You're thinking yeah. of me. I yeah, appreciate. I was it. thinking of you. And he, he hails. They both hail from Cornerstone Church here uh, in Marion. They're they're down the road from us. They're in. They they ran Walmart out of their building, and Walmart yeah. got a bigger building, and, and and they are in a fabulous facility there at Walton Way next to Sam's Club. Uh, go check them out. Michael and Caroline Nave, the lead pastors there. Church services Friday, Sunday. You can watch them online. You guys are doing great work. Uh, praise God. So get out there and, and support them. You get a feel for Michael's work and his team. He's the worship director there and uh, got a great team going on. They got a lot of talent there and uh, we're, we're just, just amazed by the work that they're doing at Cornerstone. We're deep in this thing. We want to get into this because we've got some big stuff. You guys got to the heart of worship at the end of the last one and I'm going to see if I can summarize it. Uh, one of the things that we talked a little bit about is, is that, um, there's a concept for you, your concept for worship that you defined was that the most basic and profound response to the reality of our condition is, is the very heart of worship. Mm. That it's the most primal, I use the mm. word primal. Perfect and, word. Yeah, it's a primal mm -hmm. word. And it, it brings us into community, brings us in tomorrow. I thought that was wonderful. And you said that music has the ability to get around our defenses and walls. Totally. Mm -hmm. It can break through. Yeah. Uh, we've been watching a lot of the old, uh, old stuff like the, the, the like crusade stuff, Viking stuff, when they would bring the ramparts to the wall and they would try to scale the wall, get in there and hold siege works. You're saying war, the, the worship can lay siege to our old life and, and to the crustiness of our life and open us up to the vulnerability of, of coming to know God. Mm. It, it, it kind of, I guess it can exploit our inadequacy to some extent, break down our defenses, break down our walls, and it invites us into a, a place, you said, where God can work on our heart. Yeah, Is that man. pretty good? Is that pretty good? Yeah. That's yeah. what that's what I heard. If this, and you feel like the role, your role, you kind of see your role is to facilitate. And we always, we've been asking everybody how, how to get you game ready. If you're listening to On The Dock, mm. um, we've, each of our people have been telling us a little bit about how to get ready for worship. We've had some great, great, mm. great things. But one of the things that these guys put together on was that you need to show up. When you show up in the parking lot at, uh, let me let me go back in, at Walton Way, you show up in the parking lot at Walton Way and you get ready to come in at 6.15 or 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service, they want you just to surrender, throw a white flag up and just come in with a white flag and say, I surrender all oh, that old song, throw him, I surrender all mm -hmm. completely surrender. If you'll come in and completely surrender, they are sure that, that you can empty yourself out and God's going to do something in you amazing. And maybe God's going to take something from you and share with other people. So you talked about a complete surrender, being out and in with God, open, opening yourself up to God, but also, you know, in and out. And then finally leaving nothing. You, you mentioned this Chesney, leaving nothing off the table. Let, let God go under under the sheets and over here and get into this and that. Mm. That takes vulnerability. That takes, you would have to recognize, to do that, you have to admit where, I guess all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, that's easy, but we could really say all are inadequate too. 
And a lot of us feel inadequate and we'll defend that lots of ways with lots of, lots of walls. But really when we come to worship, if we can just strip that down and just say, yeah, I am inadequate, mm -hmm. uh, God's ready to do something. And his adequacy is sufficient for us, mm. you know? So I, I thought it was just powerful. Please go back and listen to that. We want to take that and walk it a little deeper. Uh, we want to get into this. And I want you to, first of all, help me with a little bit as you, and this kind of get us started, as you, as in the process of leading worship and you're an assistant worship leader as well, Chesney, you and Dustin, as you do this, Talk about the process of leading and working with your local pastor, mm. uh, Michael, and your creative team, and, and what that looks like in getting ready. How, do, how does that process work for you guys? Getting ready for... Uh, Get, getting ready just to, to create worship experience. Yeah, yeah. For a worship gathering. Chesney, I feel like you'll answer this better than me. <laughs> well, I was just going to say it's it's a team effort all the way. Like it is not just me or just Dustin doing this. Um, we have an awesome yeah lead pastor, Michael. Um, one thing that I love about him is just that he trusts us. Mm. Um, I don't know that I've been in a church where there's just so much trust from the lead pastor mm -hmm. toward, um, you know, worship staff and toward the rest of the staff and just like, um, yeah, he trusts us to, to form the flow of the service and choose songs that are going to reflect, you know, the message and kind of amen what he's going to be teaching. Um, yeah, our creative team, um, Sarah and Jordan, they do a fantastic job. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a team effort every week. What Talk kind of about the flow, I guess, from Michael getting an idea to it becoming an, a reality. Like what's the process look like? Yeah, That's so what I was um, like meetings and stuff, we kind of have, we have communicators and exegesis and all of those. Look at this. Okay, I thought since you are very like grids and boxes brain, yeah, <laughs> that you were going to go there. <laughs> yeah. But I'll be the grids and boxes yeah, brain. Go for do it. it, do it, yeah. So Michael thinks kind of, he looks at the year and he thinks in terms of series. I do too. Yeah. I, 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 I know what I'm preaching most of the year. Yeah. Yes, common approach. It doesn't mean it won't change. Sure. Doesn't mean sure. we make adaptation. But you rough it in, right? Rough it in. And so then he knows he's going to be spending four, five, six weeks around this topic. And, you know, a few months out, he'll try to give us another layer of detail on that. Like within this topic, here are the subtopics I want to hit. And at a certain point, he'll give us kind of a, a raw outline of, okay, for this series, here's week one, two, three, four. Where I think I'm going to go, maybe the passage I'm going to use, we'll take that and we have a weekly meeting where um, we look at our, our repertoire and we, we try to get in tune with, okay, where's he going? What's God saying through this? And what from our um, <laughs> war chest of songs is really in line with that, is really going to drive that home mm -hmm. clearly. That's cool. Yeah. So... And, and our goal is to get at least two weeks out. Usually we're more like a month out yeah. um, and have all the resources and stuff posted on Planning Center, which I, I think is pretty standard. Right. Um, so you're using Planning Center. Is yeah. that, that's yeah. what we're using here in-house, right? Yeah. And, and then you guys are using, I guess, in-worship pro presenter or something like that. What are you using in, in, the, in the house to show stuff to people? From the production Because worship people always want to know, what, what, what do they use? <laughs> what do they use? Yeah. Alex is our is our production guy. He's oh my gosh, he is a gift from the Lord. He is. He, is. <laughs> uh, he came at the right time. Anyway, he's yeah, he's the pro on all of that. So I guess he's pro presenter, and he mm -hmm. just redid. Now here's the question: Are you on pro presenter six? Or are you in pro, pro presenter seven? We're on seven. Yeah. Are we Which on seven? Problematic. We're, we're on seven because because we 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 had to build a new computer to get to seven, and mm -hmm. it still not mm -hmm. seems to not. It's it's got issues. It's yes. Just, it's better now. 
It's better. We had to build it and then rework it. And we, we, the problem is we wanted to do it sooner, but we couldn't get chips, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but we're back. We're on seven. We were on, we were way back for a while. How far did you jump? Did you jump from three to seven or? Uh, No, we were on six, but yeah, we, we were really late. We were really late to sick. Yeah, we jump a lot. So people ask that. I just throw that out. I know that, that regular people don't care, but worship people, they go, well, I wonder what oh, they yeah, use. Yeah, you know? for sure. So it's common stuff. We're, we're all, a lot of us, you, mm-hmm. you guys are using Planning Center, same stuff we're using. Others, mm-hmm. we've, I think everybody's been using the same thing so far. So uh, we, like. we have a Google Doc oh. that is a grid, and it has, um, it has every weekend of the year in it. And as soon as we have information from Michael, she pops it into the grid. And it would tell them what's coming up. And, and your, do your team, does your team change relatively? People say, hey, I'm available, this bass player, or do you have a scheduled rotation? How do you do that? So, we actually, uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of two different things. So the, the Google Doc is just for us and our planning side. Right. Um, that's not kind of outward facing for the team. Um, but it's just that way we have it there for us. Anytime we want to go plan, we have all the the supplies you we can add we notes to that or, or whatever you need to do right? yeah so there's a date box there's a box that says like what the weekend's about or special notes like is it a communion weekend is it like a special event right. or whatever and then uh, we put the songs in um as far as the team goes what was the question again? yeah you're recruiting your teams are your teams pretty static do you have a deep deep bench do you yeah. rotate so we have. Do you um, just grab people off the street occasionally and say, "We need you, yeah, we're like, Shanghai drummer"? You look nice. Well, we had to do, We did that for a while. We were Shanghai drummers. <laughs> yeah, we we have a fantastic team. Um, we actually have a volunteer on our team right now who mm-hmm. is gifted with the gift of administration. She volunteered to to kind of take over our scheduling, and she's awesome at it. So I handed that off to her a few months ago. Um, Gosh, that's great. She, it's amazing. Oh my word! Yeah. And so, yeah, she does everything. Um, we plan about a month out uh, or so, and everybody knows a few weeks out. You but know, somebody gets strep throat, you got somebody to step in, help figure yeah. it out, and get some depth. Okay. Uh, we actually just started a new kind of a new ish system where people have to find a fill in if, if they're sick they or if something own. happens. Oh, um, man. They're calling the, the other keyboardists. They, you know? they know who they are and cover each other. And, yeah. Yeah, that's so, very cool. Very I cool. saw your eyes light up. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that's a, that, well, that's how, like, that's just interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, think it's cool. It's been a game changer. Yeah. Let's spend a second here because it keeps you from having to panic and get thrown off and it lets oh, them. Because yeah. for, for me, I'm like, if we lose a drummer or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I guess we'll just strip the set down. You right. know, it puts you in the role of beggar yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, and then they feel like, ugh, sometimes they can begrudge it. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you owe them one or something. Uh-huh. But if it's their friend who has a thing come up or they're sick or whatever, who I'll cover for you now. Hey, call me later. I'm there it's for you. It's a different feeling. Yeah. It's a trade. Yeah. yeah. And then they don't have any feelings toward you. Like uh, I'm I here like because that. you're forcing yeah. me to be here. That's right. a good point. We right. always tell them, Hey, you try, if you cannot tell us and we'll cut, we'll make sure it's, it's good, but, but please try first. Yeah. That's how things work. Like at, at my, my day job, right. Like, go to different hospitals and surgery centers, all that. Anyways, um, if one of us is sick, we usually, usually it's like, our, we'll try to try to see if somebody else can cover for you before mm-hmm. the our CEO or whatever mm-hmm. runs mm-hmm. with it and figures out. If something. we're friends, we both play electric. Right. I cut my finger on a bandsaw. Ah, oh, Ben, wow. can you, <laughs> that, that got dark. Yeah. He'd be out um, for a minute. Dude, I'm, I'm freaking out. I cut my finger. I'm supposed to play this weekend. Could you please cover me? Yeah. Are you actively bleeding right now? Because yeah, do you need to... Bro, let's get to the hospital. Please stop and call 911. Yeah. 
but you feel like you yeah. feel good like there's a relationship and you're like i'm helping this guy versus if i'm yeah. the worship leader and the guy called me i'm like hey so and so hurt themselves uh, i think that's it's a layer of yeah, separation that's, from that's that wise. no yeah. it's, it, i like that nine degrees of separation wisdom t t tell me about tell me about your view this is one i want to get well my view yeah. let me throw this out first my view on worship uh, platform congregation is that that whether you're the worship leader, you're the platform team, you're the booth team, or you're the congregation, I kind of have this vision that God alone is the one worthy of our worship. Mm -hmm. And that really, while it feels like a bunch of our people come in and sit down and face the platform, and it's they, they might perceive themselves as the Civic Center audience or the, yeah. the audience of that place, I perceive that we, we should all be, my view is that we should all be a worship team, including the people on the bench, and together we corporately stand before one person only in the crowd hmm. and that person is christ hmm. it, it, we worship to an audience of one and i've always kind of seen it that way that's my viewpoint that way how do you see the role of worship leader and platform in hmm. in, in in bringing people before god or into the presence of god or, or that role so um i don't want to <laughs> i got ready to answer this but if no. you have a perspective i don't want to squash yeah I'll, I'll go i'll yeah, go in yeah, there yeah, and you if you have some down yeah. um the the scriptures call us a kingdom of priests right and so we're all priests right and and what is a priest doing but facilitating worship facilitating connection with god mm -hmm. that's that's what it's been from the beginning and there are moments whenever your priestly role is the one that is focal troy when you're speaking that is you're the focal priestly role at that at that point, moment right? at that moment and so that's what we're doing we're serving as as priests of of engaging the people in the worship of god so so the people are coming along as part of that levitical team as well yeah because we're all in that role in this place in this moment mm -hmm. even if it's being done congregantly they're still participating to be that voice that goes before god and lifts up that that presence mm -hmm. yeah yeah i see that too and 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 i yeah, i go back to the god's favorite over and over again i'll go back to god's favorite uh, place of worship in the Bible wasn't Solomon's temple, wasn't Hezekiah's temple, wasn't even uh, the early temple that uh, that Saul built, not Saul built, Solomon built. It, it, it wasn't the tabernacle of Moses. It was the old raggedy simple one that David did. When David brought that tabernacle in, he danced before the Lord unashamedly, and he brought the, brought the, the, the ark into the Jerusalem the first time he put a lean-to tent together if you go read it and they brought the ark in there and they put the Levites back in there and they began to minister for the first time and it says the the Shekinah presence of God came and mm. it was I think it's always that tabernacle that God loved the best it was stripped down it was they could why, David do, you, could, why do you think that because it, it says that it says that God just loved that one because because God David could just look out and see the presence of God and and he could hear at all times Levitical priests singing and worshiping 24 7 365 that he could just mm -hmm. participate and it was unadulterated God was at the center there he is mm -hmm. you know so I, I I like that idea that that we are Levitical priest, high, high priest, whatever you want to call it, but we're pointing people toward that experience with God. And it's in that surrender that God can kind of prepare us to go out and, and be the people of God. So I, I, I see, I, I, I'm going to give you a little mathematic equation. We'll go a little deeper with it. But, okay. but, but this is a math equation. It, that, the math doesn't matter here, but the concept of sine and cosine. As a pastor, 
I see the word of God flowing in a service. I see the, the worship of God flowing in the service. I think they're very connected things. And I think you guys have shared how that works in your, in your situation. Mm -hmm. And if they're flowing, if you, if you see the sign is the word and the, and the worship is the cosine, you're going to see places where they cross each other. There's moments of intersection and tangent. You're going to see highs and you're going to see, you're going to see praises and you're going to see uh, deep thought. But what I love about these is when they're in harmony together, you can carry the presence of God on that in an amazing way. And, and if you see how that one starts where they kind of, you can start a service and if, if you get the flow going, that comes into a point when they kind of just resonate with each other and people can have that, that experience that is that Shekinah moment. Well, I just, I just had this math nerd moment in my brain <laughs> listening to you. That's how I see it. Sir. Okay. So whenever you have two waves that have a region of, of overlapping frequency, they can, when they interact with each other, you, you get reinforcement and you get cancellation. Absolutely. And so resonance of some sort. So you get reinforcement of the truths that both things are hammering home, right. but you can get cancellation of, Hey, maybe you said something in your preaching that could be taken kind of two ways. Right. And people are like, uh, what did he mean? And the music comes and refines it. Yes. And it cancels out something that was maybe um, an artifact <laughs> for an audio nerd. Um, uh, it kind of helps refine it. I, I don't yeah. know. Like, no, I think I think it does that. I think I think and vice versa. La, last Sunday, I I just went off on the tangent, went, left my script a little bit, and God put something in my heart. And 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 when these guys came in to close, it was really on on what we need to have hope again. And I went on kind of a hope tangent, and no no planning to the music or anything like that. I just led, and, and we had people excited about it, and I could feel God's presence in it. And I thought, man, I just I Ben and them came out, and I said, man, it's y'all's just bring, drive this thing home. Mm. And and they had changed their song or whatever they were going to do, and they went back to a song we had done at the beginning. I don't know what the name of that song was, but it was it was good. I didn't. What was it? I think it's called You Keep Hope Alive. You Keep Hope Alive. And, and you, yeah, You Keep Hope Alive. It has yeah. a good mantra to it. I liked it. But I, I could not have told you a word of it when it was sung at the beginning of the service. It was the first song. Everybody's coming in. You're kind of you're kind of all over here. You're kind of resonating. But, but I had honed in on that hope. And all of a sudden, that song spoke not just to me, mm -hmm. but it took the, what the Lord had spoke yeah. and resonated yes. in. And it drove it in uh -huh. like, a, like, a, like, like a... It's almost like when we shot these boards on the wall. We had a gun that fired that little nail in there like you wouldn't believe it it's like the holy ghost just pushed that thing in mm -hmm. at, 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 at an incredible yeah. depth yeah. and you could feel it in the congregation the song came alive mm -hmm. the word resonated through the song mm -hmm. and it, maybe maybe i wasn't clear some places i think that drops off and i do think when people left the, the two were one and they had experienced something of god Right. And I experienced something of God. I mean, I, the word left me because it wasn't mine, but I could hear what God was trying to say right. as it resonated as the music continued. Right. Or maybe the song wasn't clear in certain places, right. which people have complaints like all that the about time. all the time. <laughs> but, but the preaching and the fullness of the worship gathering experience can help with, with that. Yeah. And I think that that's a real challenge when pastor and worship leaders work well together and, and the teams working together. It's amazing when you bring that, that, that resonance together mm -hmm. and it can do, it can do, and it does things sometimes you don't even expect That's mm -hmm. right. those intersection points. You can't control those cause God, God, there'll be a moment of service and, and God comes. And if you're smart, you'll, you'll know how to pause or extend uh, that moment and let yes. people bathe in that moment uh -huh. or experience Christ. Some churches will run through that because they go, we got five more songs and 12 more seconds and that's the lighting, true. the lighting console's 
going to shut down. That's true. You know, or the tr click track won't. What do we do now? Yeah. You know, what I really like is the ability to, yes, we have that, but yes, we can stop here and enjoy this. I know we had two more songs, but maybe we need to hit this one again right. because people are in it. That's God's right. here. That's Some right. churches will go past that mm -hmm. and they'll think, well, we'll just have another moment in about 10 minutes. I hate to tell you, pools of Salome rarely stir more than once in a service. Mm -hmm. they, they, God tends to, you know, have that moment and, and whether we program over it or just learn how to sit down and enjoy it. I think it's key. How you do you handle it. that? You said it. You said learn how to sit down. Learn how to sit down. Because there are people, there are churches that, like you said, they drive past it because they don't know yeah. how to foster. I see that a lot, though. They don't know how to steward that moment, that presence in that moment. Mm -hmm. And instead they go, well, we'll just recreate it in five minutes. You can't recreate that because that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Spirit. Those two come together and create that wave and that thing. And it's not necessarily manageable by us. We can be good stewards of what we do to get there. Mm -hmm. But yeah. only God brings it. I feel like the Lord has brought balance. Um, so Dustin, <laughs> Dustin and I have talked before, like, I'm a little, I'm pretty black and white. Dustin's a little more free flowing. And we just, we complement each other, you mm, know. Totally. Um, and uh, I think, like, I tend to be overly prepared, right? And so I was very uncomfortable with anything spontaneous, anything that's like, ah, we didn't plan for that, like an extroverse or whatever. Um and it can be a little scary for me. And um, I, I wouldn't say on the other end, you ever like didn't plan or anything. It wasn't ever like that. Um, but I think it was maybe Nathan who first introduced the idea of like preparing is like you said, a, a way that we steward um, what God has given us. And so it's like we prepare and we ask the Lord to speak in those moments. Yeah. You know, when we're having coffee and we're doing our worship planning, like God, help us know what songs you want us to sing right. um, four or five weeks out from now. But in the moment being, uh, there's that word again, like surrendered to whatever right. he wants. And, there's, to and do. part yeah. of that preparation is being ready for the spontaneous moment yeah. is knowing that we may have to step aside. Yes. I agree. And I think that's a philosophical shift. And I don't speak as an expert. I speak as someone who's right. learning this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're learning very quick here in this discussion. Spontane spontaneous worship kind of came out of the IHOP loins that kind of developed years ago. Okay. And it's becoming very popular over the last 10 years or so. Everybody's, we've all been talking about when, when we saw it begin to develop. Mm -hmm. But it's become very common in the modern church to have some time of spontaneity. And that means you would have to, well, if you can yield to it, you can do it. And so can you still be planned and prepared and be spontaneous at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're learning, yes, you can. That's right. You, but it requires a moment to go, hey, I guess we need to stop here. Yes. The assumption should be, and here's the, here's the philosophical shift that had to take place for me. We can program the whole service mm -hmm. and have the assumption, okay, we go from one to two to three to four to five to six, and then we're done. Or we can have the assumption that there is a dynamic interplay between us and the Lord. And at each juncture, we ask him, okay, do we move on? What do we do? Right. And so he's he's been showing me like, just check in with me. Just just, just check with me. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> keep checking in with me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's similar. I play baseball. You know, you know, you do that when you're, you're when you're running bases out there. You get on your third base and you check with your coach. You know, what's the sign? Are we going? Are we stealing? Right. And you know, depending on the count and what's going on, your your signal can change. 
Mm-hmm. And if you don't look back up at that coach, maybe he changed his mind and can do a suicide. I love squeeze. that analogy. You know, yeah. you've got to check with the coach. And if you don't check with the coach, you miss a sign. It always costs me lots of laps later. <laughs> you know, you end up you end up wasting a lot of energy because sure. you pay for that. You miss an opportunity mm-hmm. that's golden. So let me ask another question. Uh, tell us about your work as a worship leader. You, part of your role has to be spiritual growth and maturity of your team. You're developing your team always. You've got mm-hmm. you got new people coming on. Levites have served 20 to 50 years in, in the 20 year old to 50 year old. That meant they had old men going off, old women going off, young men going on. You know, so you're, you've got people going off or getting older, but you've also got new musicians developing. How do you develop spiritual growth and maturity? What's your plan? Do you have an agenda for that? You know, what, what's your farm club system look like in, in building people up? It's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Is it intentional? Is it accidental? You know, you mostly know? accidental. Mostly accidental. Until this point, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we were for a long time. So the Lord has been orchestrating the journey that this team has been on for mm-hmm. sure. I can't take credit for it. But for a long time, we were a bunch of people that like to have fun, cut up, we had the same kind of sense of humor, like to play music together, love the Lord. That was kind of it. Um, and that meant that our interactions sort of off platform were maybe more shallow than not. Right. <laughs> um, but I, there was this thing, man. There was just this revival that, like, the Lord stirred. And um, it was like, okay, let's really be intentional about our, our pre-service time mm-hmm. and about... So we, we have three services on a weekend. We ask our team members to sit in on one, and the other two, they can spend time together. So that time that we're in kind of the green room hanging out during a service, how can we seed the soil with real meaningful stuff and so one of the things we're doing right now is we're all going through a book together um, called Discipleship on the Edge. And I heard about it from another worship leader, <laughs> Brooke Lejertwood. She's uh, a newcomer. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> New to the worship scene. Yeah, doesn't, yeah. But we're, so we're reading, um, we're reading through this book uh, on the, on, on Revelation together. And we've got this unified common experience and we've got, fertile soil to have discussions about the word of God. And, um, and, and so there's a culture shift that started to happen. The conversations just started to take on a different tone regularly. And so people just, now it's kind of like they're caught in the current of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I really can't take credit for it. That's amazing. Part of the role of a worship pastor is not just to lead your team on the platform, but to develop and grow your congregation in in the process of worship, helping them to surrender, be vulnerable, come into the process. If you take your role as a teacher to your congregation, Mm -hmm. um, what are maybe three, four, five, you know, what you you work on this, I'm getting a list here, so get excited. (laughs) What are three or four, five things, I I won't hold you to any one specific, that you would like people in the pews and the seats they are coming in to help understand that would help enhance the worship experience of the whole body there. Mm. If they could bring these things in, it would really enhance, it it, it fires us up, it fires the the fire up hotter. What are those three to five things that you could coach? If you go, man, these pet peeves I've got as a worship master, if only this. we can be technical, we can be, be spiritual, How, whatever level you want to come at on these is fine. I think I would need an example to wrap my head around. Well, uh, okay. well for example, I, go, ahead. You, yeah, you, yeah, go yeah. ahead. you go ahead. I'm ready to rock. Go, go, go baby. It. So whenever I have a worship teaching moment with a group of people, one of my go-tos is to help them frame um, what this engagement can look like, what the experience can be like for them. 
and I, I tell a story and, and it goes like this. So if imagine you're a kid in high school and you're about to go out the door cause you got to get to practice. Um, and as you're headed out the door, you turn over your shoulder and you say, uh, bye. I love you, mom. You express that you love your mom, right. but it was sort of like quick and cursory and, and lacked some richness. Is it true? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You love her. Yep. It's true. But it lacked some richness because of the way you expressed it. Very routine. To totally, right? But take it a step further and now engage your mind first. Mm -hmm. Think about why you love her. Right. It might cause you to slow down. It might cause you to walk toward her and to say like this, like you, you, you reflect on, man, all that she sacrificed for you, the, the, the bond that you have with her. And you might say, your voice might even change. And you might say, I love you, mom. And it's richer for you, the ones expressing it, and it's richer for her, the one hearing it. Then if you take it a step further and you gain your mind and your body, you're, you're reflecting on all that she's done for you and all that she means to you. And you go over to, your, to her and you put your arms around her. You engage your body in the expression. And you give her a hug and you say, I love you, mom. You're saying the same thing you said as you ran out the door to go to practice, but you've engaged so much more of yourself that the expression of, of your love for her is richer for you and richer for her. That's really good. So you've added purposeful, mm. a purposefulness and an intentionality, and that's going to cost you a little bit more. It's going to take a little more time. It will. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to get the, the routine. Hey, mom, see you. Love you, honey. See, see you later. But mm -hmm. to walk over and to say, I really love you. I, I hope to see you really soon and I uh, hope you have a great day and Give a hug or give a kiss. Well, there's something priceless in there, right? It's yeah. worth it all. And, and if something were to happen to her or to you, it, her and you couldn't get back, how would you feel about one over the other? You'd wish you'd have done the other. Uh huh. Mm. You'd wish you had took the extra moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What if Jesus were to come back? Do we wish we would have taken that extra moment? Had totally. So, so I yeah. tell this story because here's that's the very, thing. It's really powerful. It's really good. I come from a, a, a Pentecostal background. So I have a physical vocabulary of worship that I can call on. And I'm fluent in it. I feel comfortable in it. But but the church I lead now is is Baptist. Right. And whenever we're at, our team's asked to do special events, we're leading a bunch <laughs> of Baptist kids. <laughs> and uh, I love them. And they want to engage with the Lord. Yes. They don't, there's, there's a disconnect. And so I tell that story and it helps it all make sense. Really yeah, good. that's good. It builds that's a bridge a good, for it's people. It's a good hybrid. I mean, you, you get that. Let, let me ask you this, and this is going to get us set up for, for our last question, which is a very special question. I'll introduce it in a minute. But, but let me get this. What, what is your heart and, and process for getting people to move past spectator, past consumer, mm. past mm. member, uh, and move into worshiper in the trench with you, kind of get what is that how do you help people transcend that because so many people come uh because we, we we hear the show's good we hear the music's great this guy was an american idol you know this church has killer laser light show back there man their coffee's out outstanding they, they come in for the stuff and the sizzle is there because you guys have it i mean there's nothing wrong with the sizzle but but how do you get people to move from looking at a stake to going, I want to participate mm. and I want to be in the game. I'll be on the field. Maybe I'm in the back row. Maybe I, I'm a name that's no name. How do you get people from spectator to worshiper? Mm. What, what's your strategy? Um, 
So I have a few things that are coming to mind. No, um, go, go. One, one of them is like, I think I've heard over and over vulnerability from stage, like from us, whenever people know that, and <laughs> I'm always surprised, but I'm like, really, you think this? But pe there, people really do think like, oh, they have it together. And they, that worship leader, like they're so close to God and they're like having this moment with him, you know, and it's whatever. And any time that like Dustin or I, um, or Michael, while he's preaching, you know, can just have a moment where we say, hey, this is what I dealt with this week, or this is something that the Lord is teaching me. And it's very personal. Someone in the crowd who maybe was a little disconnected or disengaged for whatever reason Becomes might hear that. Yeah, because- They become invested and connected all yeah, of a sudden. They're like, oh, wow, okay. They're like real, you that's, know? That's really good. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a path for them, can, it creates- Can, can I tell you why that's that's a difficult thing for a lot? This is, this is gonna be, because you're young, I'm trained. I'm seminary trained. I've got a master's and a doctorate and all this stuff. So I'm well-trained when I went through my master's and training from Emory and Southern Methodist university, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars doing that. Mm -hmm. oh my. The one thing they tell you not to do when you're going through preacher training, denominational Methodist, they tell you not to be vulnerable. Don't tell stories about your family. Don't tell stories about yourself. Mm. Uh, don't put yourself in the middle of it. They, they tell you, they, they, they order you and they rid you of it and they critique you that mm. very, mm. very so hard. Hard. And I have found that is a lie from the pit of hell. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have found, I, we've never followed it. We've never done it. I got in trouble for it early on in our preaching classes. You have to be careful with it when you're in school. Sure. But it, there's a whole group of clergy that were sold the bill of goods mm -hmm. that you have to stay back in the past, that you teach the Bible, but you, you don't ever really show the relevance to you mm -hmm. or connection to you. Mm -hmm. Don't be vulnerable. You're, you're the clergy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but mm. don't be don't show them your flaws. Yeah. Don't tell them your son-in-law was arrested. Right, you have to be the hero. Mm -hmm. You have to be but the you hero. Don't have to be yeah, the yeah, hero. yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, have yeah. to. And the hero may be that you survived. You know that that I'm still here by the grace of God, mm -hmm. and and I need grace too. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's been I think that's so true. And I'm hearing that more and more from your generation. And I think it's rekindling some power back in the church of mm -hmm. vulnerability mm -hmm. that God can save all of us, and that we all sin, we've all fallen short, we all need Him. Mm -hmm. And I I think. We've got clergy got robbed on that for a long time. We were we were that was beaten out of us mm. to not descend and, and let people know that we are normal. You could see that in the early yeah. crusades, the popes and the leaders of the church. There's no fallacy, and we all know that's not true. It's mm. just fake. It destroyed the Pharisees. And it, if it's fake, it destroyed the, the BS it then. destroyed the Pharisee and the Sadducees. It destroyed mm. them, and Jesus came to preach against that. He did. Couldn't say it better. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now let me, let me, let, did you have another point or did I, did I step on you too much? Um, the only other thing that I might say is like. Vulnerability from the platform. Yeah, that's, that's a huge one. I think another thing is expectation. Um, I think there's a lot of times, um, you know, just as people attend church, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to church today and. Punch the clock. Yep. I'll hear a good message and, maybe, you know. Get whatever. in, get out. We get in the yard. We'll be working yeah. in the garden by, by three o'clock. Yeah. I but if that. you, if you mentally walk in, you know, and, and you're like hungry to hear from God, um, and to engage with him and to worship him, like if you're in that headspace, when you walk in, it is a game changer. You expect yeah. to experience him and have an encounter with him. And, and that can be, you know, mentally just a game changer for people. You know, where your headspace will affect your heart space. Mm -hmm. You know, how you set that, that expectation, the surrender, the aspect coming in, I think that's mm -hmm. very good. Okay, last question. We're going to get out of this episode, let you guys get on to other things. We'll, we'll have another one soon. But, but uh, this is a special senior pastor's inquiry. Mm. I, I've been instructed by the senior pastors of our region to do an inquiry of you worship people. <laughs> and um, 
And so I'm doing this on behalf of them. It's not me. I don't feel like this personally, but, but so I'm asking this question. Why do worship pastors always want to eat into my preaching time? Why, why do you guys always just want to do one more verse, one more course, three more songs? You, you know, you, you sang that thing, that same verse 17, 17 times. Oh, baby. They repeated that thing 17 <laughs> times. You went 17 times. And I just want to know, you know, why do you need my preaching? Because I just want to have the answer. Ben told me just, he made my day a few few weeks ago. He came in and we I had this thing on my heart. I didn't even tell him, but he, I think he could just see I had something heavy on my heart I wanted to share. Couldn't wait to get to the preaching moment. And in the pre-worship, he reached over and he says, I'm going to cut a song today for you. I'm going to give you a little extra time on the platform. He's never offered such a thing to me. Aww. It was like a Valentine. I was like, That's oh my sweet. gosh, he noticed. And, and <laughs> it was, I prayer walked when, when, when the music goes on so I can get prep. And yeah. I prayer walked with intensity that day. Uh, and I was uh, like, oh, uh. my gosh, I'm going to get time, more time. And yeah. and then Ben. He felt that. Ben did cut he a song, that. but then he extended the one song by 17 minutes and then had three other spontaneous <laughs> courses. And uh, So here's what I think. I think you misinterpreted me from the beginning because what I was really saying was I think God's going to do what he's wanting to do Oh, yeah. in these three songs yeah. and yeah i mean it, it did add some i mean i mean i mean but you there got, was a few you got, spun, random i songs. mean you're gonna get a little shorter you say sometimes give you some extra time nope we went longer it was awesome you know so and, i owe you lunch no 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 and, and what's so funny is when he got done up there he stopped by just looking at me all he did was apologize it's yeah. like you don't brother you don't need to apologize we just had one of the most powerful worship experiences because you listened to God and you overrode that old senior pastor. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even ask him at the time, but, but we don't have a problem with that really. But, but you know, the, the, yeah. sometimes that's a tension in churches sure. yeah. between yeah. the preaching and the pastor yeah. time. Uh -huh. I mean, we, we just don't have that because to be frankly, honest, we, we don't have an 11 o'clock service. We don't care what's next. So, I mean, well, we, oh, yeah. you guys clearly have a relationship. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I just shut it all down if he needs it and vice versa. I know he would do it if I need yeah. to, I've come up and interrupted before too, yeah. but I mean, there, you see that tension often. Oftentimes, there is a tension between pastors and worship leaders. Sure. You know, those worship people are hard to deal with. That's you know, right. you know. Uh -huh. I, I think we're very blessed to see uh, partnership, and you guys certainly share uh, that, that Michael's a great partner with you guys. Mm -hmm. I guess he doesn't come cut you off a lot, all that kind of stuff. No. No. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess you guys pass the inquiry. You won't be executed. Well, I, can we? Can we? Uh, sure. 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 Let's uh, dabble. Uh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Dibble. Dabble. I mean. The first thing that comes to mind is that, um, oops, sorry, <laughs> uh, musicians, I I've not met a musician that music does not speak to them powerfully. That's great. They, they, they connect with them. They get lost in those moments, they right? Do. And so when they, when they think about the juiciest part of the service, it's the music. It is his music. I agree. And so they want to live there all the time. The pastor Juiciest part of the service is okay. the message. Oh, yeah, baby. I was ready. I've been waiting all night. Oh, let's tear into this world. I'm word. like a pitcher. Wait, I've been warming up and trying to get the game. God's, he won't let me in. That's right. God's got stuff off for the people, and, and, and it's going to change their the way they see him and the way they understand their lives. It's going to be transformative, and I cannot wait for them to get it. And you know it's juicy, and you, and you want to live there. Yeah. And so both of them, that's they see their peace so clearly um, and, and have – a harder time it's not as natural mm -hmm. to to see the other piece that way and so I, I think that accounts for a lot of it well I again I still see it like signing Costa I'm fortunate to have a guy a, a great great partner team here it's like jumping rope 
you know, you just got to find the rhythm. Sure. And, and get in the flow. I love that. And and I think nobody, I mean, we, we're very blessed with that here. It's not a problem here. But mm-hmm. I, I see that in a lot of churches, though. Back in my day when I was leading in Methodist churches and stuff, your choir director and your pastors could have some of those violent relationships you could have in a church mm-hmm. in the old day. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they planned all this all week and the choir's got this plan. They're going to do three extra. Sure. You know, you would pick that or this music selection. Yeah. I'm very fortunate today that, that gosh, I don't even know how we pick songs. Right. I mean, I send him stuff occasionally. I don't ever get anything I want hardly. And but, oh my, if your identity is is built on any of that stuff, then it's just it's at another toast. level. What yeah. I what I love today is the partnership. And when when it's flowing well, you know, you know, what's great is that days he's he, he you know, he, he I didn't get my extra time, but I did take it. And the good thing was that time wouldn't have been effective had he not done what God showed him to do. I, I and you've that. got to trust that. You've mm. got to be vulnerable for that. And honestly, I think what causes us to get intentions in some churches is we get worried about what the people are thinking about the time. Sure. But if you surrendered it all, it doesn't really matter. That's true. Because him and I are going to, we, we'll go eat later. We, we're going to yeah. eat. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But yeah, we have to be able to trust that each of us are tr- Trying, our, trying best our best to yield to whatever God And I think wants that's to key to really seeing God dynamically move in a church. I hear you. And I think that for me, it, it comes down to there are a list of concerns to keep in front of yourself as you are leading a worship gathering. Yeah. Yeah. And they all have to sit in their appropriate seat of. Jess, you have a good day. We'll see. We'll see soon. She's got work to do. She's got a, she's got a skedaddle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so what happens when you got to get things ready, get the fire lit, you know, you got to get starch in this, in his, in his show, show clothes. You know, all right. Thank hey, you hey, Lord bless you. Keep going, brother. I was just, I was just saying, like, um, so it's not that being mindful of the time is not something we need to do. I agree, but it sits firmly underneath God's prerogative yeah. to do something else. Yeah, and so we can't let get the cart before the horse, um, and and so I think that happens sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there, there gets to be tension there and we let the crowd put it in it. And what we sure. need to do is just stand yeah. before God and, and monitor the flame and whatever it takes, it takes mm. and trust God for the process. Sure. And that comes from good partnership. So, Hey, th- we're going to jump out of this. Dustin, you've been incredible. Mm. Chesney's been great. She's we're cool. going to come back in a third episode. Uh, we just want to remind you Cornerstone would love to have you come on out to church there. Six fifteen on Fridays, nine fifteen on Sunday and 11 and come out and check out the, the ministry and the worship team that Dustin leads will be incredible. Uh, Michael would love to have you there. I hope you'll go check it out. Um, also, we'll have him back in our uh, walkaway series for this. Third part of this will be part 18. We'll have Dustin back real soon here to, to wrap that up. So I hope you enjoyed what we've seen here. Uh, you can go to onthedoc.org to check out all of our links and details and get to all of our different uh, platforms. Email us at info at onthedoc.org. We'd love to have you. we got eight different platforms. But go to YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Those are primary. And get, get set up, get subscribed, liked on all those. And go check out our different social media sites. Get on there, talk about what you've learned and seen. Maybe share some of the clips from us. And we'd love for you to share this with your social media. Hit like, hit subscribe, whatever option that gets you connected with us when we're out there. And we always look forward to your partnership through Patreon. Go check out Patreon and become a partner or a sponsor. And we'd love to have you at Community Faith Church. If you just don't have a church home and you don't want to go, uh, you don't want to go five miles, well, not even five miles, you are two miles. Or you got time, you go to all three of our services. You go to them at nine, come back at your 10, go back out. at 11. You can figure it out, figure it out. Uh, we'd love to have you at coftv.com. You can check us out that way too, Community Faith. Uh, it's been great. As we've been wrapping up this whole series, we're going to feature going out of here as I sign off. Uh, Dustin came in and did an incredible worship piece for us in our studio. And so we're going to feature that worship so you can experience that. Get an out original. Of here. An original worship piece. It was his piece. It was his piece. So it was great. You guys got a chance to put that together. So as we head out of this and get off, 
off the dock and into the deep. I want you to enjoy the great worship music of Dustin Keel. Dustin, thank you for being out here. It's been great to have you. It has been a joy. We'll see you back on the dock. And right now, the ministry and worship ministry of Dustin Keel. As each night breaks into morning, gentle mercy beckons me. For I put my hands to labor, set my mind on Calvary. Look to Jesus, suffering servant, God in flesh, the perfect man. For the joy that was before him Laid his life down as the lamb Jesus Christ, my hope of glory Sure foundation of my life In the race that set before me I press on to when temptation's snare has seized me, I will cling to Christ's decree, free from sin's dark gravitation. By his death upon the sheep no breath cried It is finished Settled for eternity On the third day resurrected He secured my victory Christ, my hope of glory, sure foundation of my life, in the race that's set before me, I press on to gain the prize. When the final night has broken, shines the kingdom of the sun oh the highest commendation when we hear him say well done in the presence of the author and perfecter of our faith we will shout our testimony have kept us on the way. Jesus Christ, my hope of glory, sure foundation of my life in the race that's set before I press on to gain the prize. Jesus Christ, foundation of 
Press on to gain the prize.